With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yo, Beth. Yo, Beth. Yo, Beth. That crazy. On a Monday! It's all leaving with your boy Barry Green Jr. You can find me on Instagram, All Even Podcast. I'm on Twitter at All Even Podcast. You can catch the show on SoundCloud. And the show is also on YouTube. So like, subscribe, and share. Definitely appreciate it. It was a great weekend for sports. Lots to get into. The NBA is off to a great start. I'm going to talk about who looks the strongest and the weakest in regards to that. We have baseball. Of course, the drama continues in that sport. Touch on the Yankees and Aaron Judge and the dumpster fire that continues to blaze in Queens. Opt-outs continue to rise in the NFL as well as there's new life for the XFL. And the first candidate for the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. So let's just jump right into it. What a weekend for the NBA. Man, all the games were great. I loved every single game. You had the Brooklyn Nets and Washington Wizards. You had the Lakers and Raptors. You had Boston and Portland. You had Houston and Milwaukee. Those are the games that stuck out to me. The Brooklyn Nets played great. Jared Allen had a big game. You had Karis LeVert that carried the way in the fourth quarter to kind of stretch a game out. And you had that kid Chioza. Man, he stepped up huge, huge in that game. So the game was very interesting to me because you have two teams that don't have any of their stars, and they're trying to figure it out. The Brooklyn Nets are already in the playoff picture, and they're just trying to to, to lock up their spot. But what you see from this team is a team that plays really, really hard. They have a lot of young players. They have a lot of players that, that have something to prove. Even with these stars out, these role players that are out, they are playing for a spot next year. So I love to see how, how competitive they are. And Jacques Vaughn has them playing really, really good. So I'm interested to see how they continue to grow in these these next six games. For the Washington Wizards, honestly, it, it was hard to watch them. Like, there's nobody there, but they do have some some young players as well. Troy Brown Jr. Is, is, you know, stuck out to me. He's pretty good. Hachimura looks really good as well. So, you know, they, they have a long road ahead of them to even be considered a good franchise. We're seeing Karis LeVert really take the mantle of leader and really hammer it home. Like, this kid, this kid is special, man. 34 points, closed the game out, looked real confident, looked like a, a seasoned vet 
they have something with this kid. And if they can be able to, to put this team together next year with KD and Kyrie, this kid can be the third wheel. He can be the third star. He can be a guy that can make plays and take the pressure off the two other superstars. And then we had Boston versus Portland. Jason Tatum is something else. I called him coming out of college a professional scorer. He was going to be that guy to just hang 30 on you and you don't even realize it. You look at the box score, 34, 8, and 4. That's the type of game that he has is that he's so good that he makes it look easy. Kid had 21 points in the first half. The Celtics were rolling. They were just dogging the Blazers. And then they kind of took their foot off the gas a little bit. Obviously, you got Dame Lillard and C.J. McCollum. Those guys can fill it up and fill it up quickly. Dame had a great third quarter. C.J. did as well, and they cut the lead to about six points heading into the fourth quarter. And then, you know, it was back and forth. The Blazers were up a little bit. The Celtics were then up. You know, it was a back and forth contest in the fourth quarter, and then the Celtics closed it out 128 to 124. I like what I'm seeing out of Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. You know, that tandem is, is, is great. And Gordon Hayward, as a third as a third guy, man, he, he's really rebound from that devastating ankle injury. And a lot of people had counted him out, and I'm so happy for him that he's able to contribute and contribute at a high level on his team. We all know what the Blazers are. You know, there are two guys there that, that they can shoot the lights out, they can score 50 at any time, but it's the, it's the supporting cast that, that you question. You know, Gary Trent had a great game, but is that going to be something that's consistent uh, Carmelo Anthony, can you rely on him down the stretch? He looks very good, so let's let's hope that that continues for him. Uh, Yusuf Nurkic, phenomenal game by him as well. So you have your your big three kind of, and they just have to make sure that they can get some guys that can hit some timely shots, play some defense, and they they may have a shot to sneak in the playoffs. It's a long shot, but they definitely have a shot. Turning our attention to the Raptors and the Lakers, Kyle Lowry just ran all up and down the Lakers all night. They had no answer for him. You got Kyle Kuzma out there that's trying to guard him on switches, and it just didn't look good. The Lakers' offense was anemic. They shot 34% the entire game. It, it, it was just bad. Double teams for AD. He couldn't get going. He was being too unselfish. Danny Green was non-existent. KCP was nowhere to be found. Deion Waiters had a great game off the bench. And Alex Caruso had a game to forget. A lot of turnovers down the stretch. A lot of bonehead plays. And LeBron James is still working himself back into game mode. He still looks a little timid in regards to trying to push it another gear. Um, I'm not worried about the Lakers, but I, I was disappointed in the effort. But listen, kudos to the Raptors. They came out with a game plan. They wanted to take the ball out of AD's hands quickly. Kyle Lowry had a great game, 33 points. Van Fleet was just lighting the place up. And you had OG Ananubi that was hitting clutch shots and playing great defense. So they had a great scheme. Guys were hitting shots. They looked like defending champs. So, you know, everybody doesn't really give them a shot to win the NBA title, but they're going to be right there. So we're, we're going to see how that unfolds. The Lakers better make sure that they get their bench situation straightened out because you got J.R. Smith hitting the side of the backboard. He looks like exactly what he is. A guy that hasn't played basketball in two years. So it's it's going to be interesting how they work out the rotations and who plays and who doesn't. And then on to the nightcap, we had the Houston Rockets and the Milwaukee Bucks. Houston Rockets, they are the biggest anomaly I've ever seen on a basketball court. Nothing they do makes sense. 
it was a great game though Giannis had a great game dominant game 36 points 18 rebounds Brooke Lopez had a phenomenal game big double double for him uh, Middleton also stepped up big but James Harden and Russell Westbrook led that band of misfits to a big win and if you look at the box score you're gonna be like how the hell did this happen they got out rebounded by 29 they shot 39 percent from the field to Milwaukee's 49 percent they got outscored in the paint 60 to 20 so how can this be possible three categories turnovers three-point shots and steals the Bucks only hit nine three-pointers they took 35 of them Houston took 61 threes and made 21 of those in a regulation game. There was no OT. There was no double OT. In a regular regulation game, they hoisted up 61 threes. But even with that, even with that, they still would have lost this game had it not been for Milwaukee's costly turnovers down the stretch. Like three out of the last four possessions they had, they were turning the ball over. Giannis had a big turnover. Middleton had a big turnover. George Hill had a big one. So when you have this small team that shoots a lot of threes and you're giving them chances to stay in the game, they're going to capitalize. They're going to make sure that they don't miss these shots. So Milwaukee, as dominant as they may have looked, they made some real bonehead plays down the stretch to cost them that game. And Giannis, you can tell sometimes that he forces the action a little too much. He got caught over dribbling the ball a couple times and, and it cost him. It cost him big. They're missing their point guard, Eric Bledsoe, to be able to, to handle the ball in those situations. So, you know, they're, they're fine, but it was one of those situations where you shouldn't have lost that game. You dominated the game like that. There's no way you should lose that game, but you got to take care of the basketball. I always talk about it. You have to take care of the basketball. If you're going to dominate the boards, you now have to take care of the basketball as well. So I teased on my IG this morning that yeah, I was going to go into a little bit of detail on the Houston Rockets and what I think their title chances or their chances are. And here we are. Here we go. Zero. They have no shot at going anywhere with that style of basketball. It doesn't make sense. It's a video game style basketball. You're going to hoist up 83s a game with that small team and expect that that's going to hold up in a seven-game series? We saw what happened with the Golden State Warriors the two times they played in the Western Conference Finals. We don't need to see that again because Dan Tony is not somebody who makes adjustments. And anybody wants to say, well, they're playing defense now. They're playing defense now. No, no, no. Russell Westbrook is playing defense. He's always played defense. But at the end of the day, what we're going to see in the playoffs is classic Dan Tony that he does not like to make adjustments. Oh, well, we're 0 for 35 for 3. Keep shooting them. We haven't had an offensive rebound in three and a half quarters. Eh, it doesn't matter. Like, this is what he does. This is why the Phoenix Suns never cracked through to the NBA Finals. A Dan Tony-led team winning an NBA championship, not a snowy chance in hell. That'll never happen. That'll never happen. I am saying it on record. It will never happen. If it does happen, I will wear a Houston Rockets jersey for the entire year. The entire year. And I won't take it off. I'll wash it and put it right back on. That's what I would wear for the entire year. It won't happen. A snowy chance in hell. Westbrook and Harden, they're, they're great guys, but I don't trust either of them in the playoffs. It's just not going to happen. They always choke up when they are needed most. We have the facts. We have the history. We have the record. This has always been a thing with these two guys. And now you put them together, they're fun to watch. But they've always been regular season warriors. 
These two guys have been regular season dynamos. When it comes to the playoffs, not so much. So they don't pass the eye test for me. There's only a couple teams that pass the eye test for me. One is the Los Angeles Clippers. They passed the eye test. They looked phenomenal. Paul George and, 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 and Kawhi Leonard, they got a click in. Paul George, he can't miss a three. Patrick Beverly all of a sudden can hit threes. And you don't want him to start scoring because he's the most obnoxious player on the court. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, his knees are holding together well, so we'll see if that continues. But they look good. The Boston Celtics look good. They passed the eye test. They, they have a young team, but they are very hungry. They have a great coach, and they look like they're, they're a contender. Not for nothing, the Oklahoma City Thunder passed the eye test for me. Now, are they a contender for the title? No, but they look like a really tough out in the playoffs. So we're going to see what happens with them. Philadelphia has passed the eye test for me as well. They finally put Ben Simmons where he belongs at the power forward. I don't know what took so long, but, you know, Brett Brown is not a great coach. So it shouldn't surprise me that much. But they definitely look good. Embiid looks good. They got to give that that point guard, Shake Milton, a chance. He, he He's a fiery competitor. I like that. So they passed the eye test as well. The teams that I need to put glasses on to kind of see what's going on because my, my vision is a little blurry is Denver, the Denver Nuggets. I I, I don't believe in their, their, their team. It's just that there's something about them that holds me back from really thinking that they're going to be good. They have a lot of good young pieces, but I can't seem to trust them when it comes to the playoffs. They, they just look very untrustworthy to me. The Utah Jazz is another one. I think they look the worst out of all the contending teams in the bubble right now. They don't look like they're having any type of fun. There's no rhythm to that team. Donovan Mitchell is a great player, but he needs a lot more help. Rudy Gobert is not the answer. They are the biggest frauds in this bubble. The biggest frauds in this bubble. Now, I'm excited to see the Lakers and Jazz tonight. Let's see who wins that game. And right now, I'm going to say the Los Angeles Lakers. The Los Angeles Lakers don't pass the eye test to me right now. They're a great team on paper. They've had a great regular season so far, but the restart has not been kind to them. They cannot hit a jump shot. Now, obviously, those shots are going to fall, and we may be having a different conversation come next week, but for right now, they don't pass the eye test to me. And obviously, this is a early season restart overreaction to all of these teams, but for right now, they don't look good. So after the break, we're going to talk a little baseball, talk Aaron Judge and how great he looks, and I really don't want to talk about the Mets, but I'm going to have to, and it's not going to be pretty. On a Monday... It's all even. I am so stressed because I hate my job. Let me guess. You're at a dead-end job and find it hard not to press the snooze button? Well, come down to Connecticut School of Broadcasting. We have campuses in Westbury, New York, Boston, Connecticut, New Jersey, North Carolina, Georgia, and Florida. Develop your skills in broadcast media that include audio production, television, radio, and sports broadcasting. Learn from industry professionals in a small, intimate class setting for a better experience. The hands-on training is second to none. And if you're worried about what to do after graduation, the Connecticut School of Broadcasting helps you to get job placement. Take it from me. It took me seven years to get here, and it's been the best time of my life. Go to GoCSB.com or dial 1-800-887-2346 for a studio tour. And who knows, maybe you'll be the next media superstar.
Welcome back. So let's talk some positive things about baseball right now. Aaron Judge. He's done something that hasn't been done in 13 years in pinstripes. He's hit home runs in five consecutive games, six overall in regards to home runs, and he's tied Alex Rodriguez in that respect. Aaron Judge is a monster. He's a beast. We all seen what this guy can do when he stays healthy. This Yankee team is just a runaway train. There's no way you can be able to stop them. You can just appreciate what you're seeing and just let it happen. Aaron Judge, if he stays healthy this entire season, the 60-game season, this race to 60, it's possible in 60 games he can hit 30 home runs. I can see that happening. The guy's a beast. He's 6'8". He's not supposed to even be playing baseball at that size. So the talent is unique. The power, the arm strength, everything about the guy just doesn't make sense. And of course he has to play for the Yankees, right? Like the Yankees don't have enough great players in their history. You're just adding another one to the list. But kudos to the Yankees, their dominant team. I, I actually like watching them play. I like seeing Aaron Judge. I like seeing Giancarlo Stanton. I like seeing Gleyber Torres. I like seeing Garrett Cole. So there's happy times with the Yankees right now. I can't say that for the Mets. I can't say anything positive about the Mets. So why start? The Mets are the biggest dumpster fire in sports right now. What happened over the weekend doesn't happen to anyone. I've never heard of anything like this in my life. Yoenis Cespedes, one of your star players, one of the key contributors to that 2015 World Series run who hasn't played in two years due to injury, you don't know where he is. You release a statement that says, we haven't had any contact with this player and he's supposed to be at the ballpark for the game today. So now you have everybody panicking because they think that Cespedes is hurt. Cespedes, there's something wrong with him. Like, so, we hope that he's not dead or injured or whatever it is. Then you release a statement after that because you realize the error that you made and said, we don't think that it's anything life-threatening. Why didn't you say that the first time? This is why the Mets are the Mets. They do something and then they get some public backlash for it and then they try to walk it back quickly and just look worse. There's some reports that are saying that the Mets knew that he wasn't going to show up, that he was considering not playing due to COVID concerns. If that's the case, the Mets need to shut it down. They need to pack it up and get the fuck out of here because I'm tired of hearing the same bullshit that goes on with this team. I am so livid right now that you, you have no idea. I'm tired of covering negative bullshit from this team. I really am. I'm going to tell you what really happened in regards to Cespedes. I play pickup basketball. I've had plenty of pickup teams and, you know, I put together a team and a league. We have great players that play on that team. We have decent players. We got bad players. We have a combination of everything. And if the season is not going well, sometimes you're trying to call people and say, hey, are you in for this week? So you're giving everybody a call and then your star players, you're hitting them up and they're not responding to you. They're not answering your calls. They're not answering your texts. And then a couple weeks later, you see them and you talk to them and they're like, yeah, man, you know, the, the losing was getting to me and, you know, things weren't really working out. So I just decided to pack it up. So this happens a lot in regards to ego and pride. What do you think Cespedes thought? I'm a star player. I'm getting paid all this money. I work my ass off to get back here to be playing. And you guys DH me. You don't play me all the time. And we're losing. We suck. So, yeah, I'm going home. 
I'm not playing for y'all no more. I don't care. If this was the Yankees, Cespedes would still be on the team. Why? Because the culture is great. The culture is not toxic. This is what happened. For your star player to pack it up and then let you know through his agent that he's not coming back to the team for COVID concerns, there's more to this story. And trust me, we're going to hear about it because it's the Mets and they don't never keep anything in-house. There's more leaks than a faucet when it comes to the Mets. I am sick of this team. I'm sick of them. Everyone. It was a good thing that David Wright got spinal stenosis so he didn't have to deal with this, this nonsense. This continuous cancer that's going on in Queens. Now, was Cespedes right for doing what he did? Of course not. I'm not saying that he's, he doesn't have some of the blame. But it's the environment that causes him to behave that way. If this organization had some class, he wouldn't behave that way. Because this never happens with another team. It only happens here. That's the problem. It's a consistent trend that happens here. It won't change until the Wilpons sell and sell everything. Not just the team. I want SNY. I want everything. I wish they had real life neuralizers that we can all have. So when the, the new owner takes over the team, we can just neuralize ourselves and say, man, th this guy's had the team the entire time, right? Like we can just erase all the bad memories out of our head. The bad memory neuralizer. That's what I need. Because I don't want to remember anything about this Wilpon regime. Anything. Nothing. <sighs> Moving forward. Baseball has another problem. And they're called the St. Louis Cardinals. So the St. Louis Cardinal players and staff, they felt the need to go to a casino and put people at risk. I bash Manfred a ton in here. I bash him a ton. Every week I'm bashing Manfred. I'm going to bash him a little bit today as well, but this is on the players. Manfred can do so much, but the players have to have some type of responsibility. You're playing baseball. Play baseball. This is an unusual time. Act like it. Everybody's making sacrifices but y'all. Just because you're rich and you're athletes doesn't mean you got to act like dumbasses. Be accountable for your actions. Take responsibility. Show some concern for other people. Who cares how bored you guys are? Figure it out. Figure it out. You have a couple of months to get this season done. Do it. Go home to your families and rebound for next year. That's it. Everybody's making sacrifices. Look around the, the sport landscape. Everyone is doing it. Not just y'all. And in regards to Manfred, it's the same thing as usual. Deer in the headlights look. He has no clue about what to do in regards to how to move forward. What's the proper protocol to use to enforce this? They have to start enforcing things now. Get it together, Major League Baseball. I can't wait to get out of this segment. After the break, I'm going to talk a little NFL. There's some concerns on that front as well. And the XFL finds a hero on a Monday. It's all leaving. Yo, yo, what up? It's your boy DJ G Money representing that Flip the Script podcast. But listen, right now I'm listening. I'm tuned in. I'm tapped in to a brand new podcast called the All Even Podcast with my man Barry Grant. Yo, B, what's up, man? Congrats on the new podcast. I'm listening right now. I'm tuned in. Fire, fire, all even. We here. Let's go. And we back, y'all. So the NFL has an opt-out issue. There's a lot of players opting out of this season. And what does that mean for the NFL? 
reports have surfaced that a lot of players are practicing without masks and this needs to be enforced it's a bad look for the nfl and they constantly keep doing this they have to hold their players accountable this is why you have a lot of players that are looking around and saying yo this doesn't look safe man i don't want to be involved in this so i'm just gonna opt out i'll take the 150 and i'll go home can you imagine being in practice and you have to run routes or you have to do whatever and guys are just willy-nilly out there talking to each other you know in front of each other no mask like it must be an uneasy feeling so they have to correct this there's an image issue with the nfl there's always an image issue with the nfl and they continue to just kind of like shrug their shoulders and say yeah well everybody likes football anyway so it doesn't matter how much times we fuck up people are always going to watch football and the sad part is that most of the time they're right it is true but you still have to Look responsible to your fan base. Look responsible to your sponsors. All of these things are important. You have to keep a clean image. So what does this mean for the NFL's product on the field with so many people opting out? It's going to be different, but what I can say is that it's going to give a lot of other players time to shine in the spotlight. It's really going to be a season of evaluation where guys are just going to come out of the woodwork that were never really on the radar before and they pop out. So on the player side, that looks that looks really, really good. But I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to say it right now. I don't think the NFL season is going to finish. I just don't see how it's possible without a bubble situation that they're going to be successful. Baseball is already having an issue. Football has doubled the staff that baseball does. And if they're not policing their players, which they don't have a history of doing in regards to keeping them on the right path, we're going to have a COVID outbreak in the NFL. And when that happens, it's going to spread like wildfire. And there's no way to contain it. I I just don't see it possible. You have a lot of teams that are still on the fence about having fans in the stadiums. Like, get with it. There's not going to be any fans this year. Stop trying to think about your bottom dollar. It's not going to happen. Everybody's losing money across the board in every sport. The NFL will be no different. Everybody's losing bread. So what? At least we still got sports. At least y'all still can be able to put a product out there that people love, that people want to watch. Who cares about that? Because at the end of the day, little profit is better than no profit. So take your money and just be happy if i'm gonna put a total number of games on it because i don't think they're gonna finish the season i say the nfl gets through nine weeks and they gotta shut down maybe they'll shock us and be responsible but i don't see that happening moving on to the xfl the xfl has finally found somebody competent to run it Dwayne The Rock Johnson and his group bought the XFL for $15 million, saving it from bankruptcy. And this is a great thing for sports because it is going to give us a real legitimate alternative to the NFL. Vince McMahon tried this twice and it failed and it just wasn't in, it wasn't in the cards for him. It wasn't destined for him to run a football league. It's bad enough he's running my wrestling into the ground. He's not going to run my football into the ground either. I've had it with Vince McMahon. I've had it with anything that Vince McMahon currently touches. 
So we need somebody young. We need somebody with some vision. We need Dwayne The Rock Johnson. So I want to see how this goes. I watch ballers all the time. I love it. He's a good businessman. He knows what he's doing. He's going to put competent people in charge. He's going to put the money in the right places where this thing needs to grow and be successful. So kudos to The Rock. My hat's off to The Rock. He brought a lot of eyes to wrestling back in those days, and I'm sure he's going to bring a lot of eyes to football. After the break, the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. I think we already know who that is. On a Monday, it's all even. This is a public service announcement. Down in your luck? Tired of being curved? Sick of going out with the fellas and being the only loser without a lady? Well, I got something for you. It's called Sex Panther. Legend has it that it's made out of real bits of real panther, so you know it's good. To men, it stings the nostrils. But to women, you may as well be a slab of meat in a dog pound. And that's not all it does. You could be getting ready to see that special fox and disaster hits. No money in the budget for gas, only dinner for two. No problem. The fumes from Sex Panther can give your car 38 miles to the gallon. Sold you yet? I thought so. For $69.99, go from unlovable loser to the cock in the walk. Sex Panther. 60% of the time, it works every time. Welcome back, y'all. So without further ado, the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. Dummy. We pick our candidates on Monday as well as Friday, and then we pick a winner on that Friday show. So may I have the drum roll, please? And the winner is the New York Mets. As a whole, the New York Mets are my dummy of the week. They have an idiot ownership, idiot GM, and us as the fans who are Mets fans are idiots as well. Because we continue to enable this team to do bullshit, to do nonsense. Every time they do something wrong, we say, "Ah, all right, typical Mets, but they'll figure it out. No, they won't. No, they won't. They won't figure it out. Let's stop saying that. You're not going to continue to go to a restaurant that has bad food and bad service and eat there. You're going to go find somewhere else to eat. So why do we continue enabling the behavior? Why? I'll tell you why. We have Stockholm Syndrome. We've been kidnapped so long that we start to sympathize with our captors. The Mets are our captors. We cannot get away from them. Why? Because we love them. But they are a detriment to our health. So they need to change. They need to change or they need to disappear or something. But we can't continue like this anymore. They can't continue to have these bad PR mistakes, these bad signings. We have one of the worst bullpens in the league. We can't hit. We can't do anything right. Nothing goes right with this team. When have you ever heard of a player not answering a phone call for the team that gives them money? You can't make this up. Cespedes has just said, you know what, I, I, I just don't even want to play for this team anymore. I'd rather go home or retire. That's bad. That's Nick bad. We have sunk to a new low in baseball. And I'm not surprised. Why? Because it's owned by the Wilpons. Anything that the Wilpons own smells like it's been in a diaper genie for a week. It stinks to high heaven. Cespedes treated the Mets like the girl that's been clinging on to the guy all night and then he gets the number and he never calls her again. 
and she's wondering what the hell happened. They had such a good time. He smelled the desperation on you and he left. That's what Cespedes did to us. He left us. And all we are are desperate fans wanting to win. That's it. So the New York Mets organization, the New York Mets fans, we may never win another World Series, but just know that we are a candidate and possibly a winner for Dummy of the Week. That's all for this show. I'll see y'all Friday. In the meantime, stay safe. Peace. You can catch me on Twitter and Instagram at All Even Podcast. Listen to the show on SoundCloud. And check out my YouTube channel, All Even Podcast. And don't forget to share, like, and hit that subscribe button. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.